You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. A couple of basketball notes on our teams, at least. Um, <laughs> my team sucks more than yours does. Your um, team sucks. Derek and Steve present... Their, their butt, as you've written here. Um, <laughs> and before we get to the magic, I'm just going to jump to your other point, which is that all other teams are also butt, and that's also true. Your parents are like, I want an Alexa. Everyone has an Alexa <laughs> except me. The ice hits the crypt, and we have a White Walker Ned Stark. Ooh, all right. <laughs> yes, Ned like Stark that. back from the dead, carrying his head in his arms. You heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 122 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what's going on? Derek, what's going on? Not much. Um, not much is going on here in Florida. It's about 60 degrees every day. Um, <laughs> Sounds pretty nice. I'm loving life, although second semester just started, so I, uh, I do a lot of reading and studying and not a lot of enjoying mm. the 60 degree weather, um, but I've heard that you are... You've been suffering. We've been suffering a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say it's been that bad, but no like major snowstorms or anything. You know, we had, I guess there was one kind of major storm, but it was didn't end up being all that bad, you know? So I think it's been fine, but sure. But that's, that's probably, no, some people would disagree with me, I'm sure, but I think it's been I disagree fine. with you. <laughs> so episode 122 of You Heard It Here Second. Um, we do have an opening drive today. Which Huge news big news big news so um you're not as excited as you should be about it <laughs> huge news enormous news uh <laughs> the biggest news ever um well don't go that far <laughs> um so just for a, a slight backstory um we did change our podcast provider so without going into the technical details we have a different hosting company that we're using it used to be soundcloud if, if any of you used to go to soundcloud our episodes are not going to be going up there anymore going forward. All the episodes up until the last one are there. Um, yeah. And they will eventually be scaled back to only the most recent, like four or five hours being there because we're going to, it's going to become a, a free, a free boring account again. So we have a, we have a new dad, we have a new dad. Um, <laughs> and so the beat with the way it's set up now, it's easier for us. It's going to be in like more of a blog feed form. So if you go to Derek and it's just going to be kind of a blog feed of our episodes. Um, and most importantly, is that we are now on not only iTunes, which is actually really Apple Podcasts. It's not really called iTunes anymore. Uh, we are also on Google Play Podcasts, and we're on Spotify, which is the big Spotify. one. Spotify. Spotify is the you, big one. Have you heard of it? I, I have. I didn't hear about it until Derek and Steve went on on Spotify. Spotify is um, about to get huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but in all honesty, Spotify is a big one for me at, at least. I think because. Um, I'm not sure what your process would be for listening to podcasts, but I listen to them on my phone when I'm commuting or, or doing whatever. And when I get to my computer at work, I am no longer listening to a podcast. I'm just not because I don't have iTunes set up. I don't have like, you know, the podcast is on my phone on the podcast app and that's it. When, I, when my phone's away, like I'm not really listening anymore. And so True. now on the computer, Spotify is wildly easy to just like open up. Everyone has Spotify on their computer nowadays and you just search for Derek and Steve or you heard your second and it's there. Um, so I think it's big news. I think it's huge news. Um, I think it's huge news too. We're go we're, we're securing a key demographic. Yes, which is people sitting at their desks at work. It's true. It's it's very very true. Um, a captive audience. A very very captive audience. So uh, if that's one of you right now, welcome. Um, you can we love follow. you. Welcome. You you follow is the terminology on Spotify and on Apple and Google. I believe it's still subscribe. 
So go do that and you will be able to get our new episodes in those locations. Uh, and again, SoundCloud will not have new episodes going on it. The episodes will still be on DerekandSteve.com, but that's going to redirect you uh, actually to a sub page of around the hub, kind of like a couple months ago, we had talked about this idea uh, of kind of unifying it under the same tech um, kind of central spot. And so mm-hmm. that's what's happening now because no, no one really, let's be honest, nobody cared about the old website. We had, a, I showed it to whoa, Steve. Whoa, we had, whoa, whoa. We had a blog. We had a <laughs> Some blog. Some people section. cared about it. We had a blog section of our old website that had not been updated in like two and a half years. And the last post was whether five wolves would, would kill two panthers in a fight. Yeah, <laughs> and there, well, were, there were no comments on that post. <laughs> there have been no pressing questions since then. <laughs> So, uh, so that, so there you have it. Uh, yeah. Opening drive. Long story short, if you're listening to us on something other than the podcast app or Spotify or Google Play, you're a psychopath. Yes. And download <laughs> one of those things to listen to all of your podcasts. Yes, correct. Um, but the the good news is we are now on Spotify, um, which is a huge uh, market, a huge way that people listen to to music and podcasts that we weren't on before. Um, so that is yeah. going to be, that's exciting for us. It's true. And, and the, the great thing about it is that we actually, we weren't able, so, so SoundCloud does not support that, um, connection between Spotify, at least at this time. So, it, so it kind of killed two birds with one stone with our, with our shifting things around going to Spotify. And really I learned for myself, like I, like most of the podcasts I listen to, I found out are on Spotify already too. It's like just as, just as well populated for podcasts as, as iTunes or Google play or anything. So I've kind of made the switch over just to using Spotify for all of that. Um, so, so there you go. We're on Spotify. The future is bright. It's the future's here. It's now. The future is now. <laughs> we are the future. <laughs> uh, so, anything else on the opening drive before you want to kick it into the first half? No, I just do want to note that this is actually very exciting for us. We usually yeah. do like a opening drive that just kind of to kill time or to do something <laughs> like I don't know something like kitschy. This is really really big news because yeah. Spotify is a, a big way that people consume media mm-hmm. um and will will remain on all of the major uh, apple podcast apps so um this is good yeah. i'm excited i'm actually legitimately excited keep getting the wheels turning keep keep those wheels turning keep, um. those, keep on <laughs> keep on trucking <laughs> keep on keep trucking <laughs> keep trucking all right so without further ado kicks us into half number one which is sports All right, so sports. Um, we have two big topics today, and that's really it. But I think they're topics that we want to talk about, uh, and we're not going to necessarily try to breeze through them, I don't think, because there's just two, and I think they are big topics that deserve you know conversation about them. So One of them is probably the biggest sports topic you can talk about. That is definitely true, I would say. So, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's got to be. So uh, <laughs> we are into uh, the last week until Super Bowl 53. Uh, and the Patriots and Rams are set to face off. The last time we were here, we it was going into the conference championship weekend, which uh, we had discussed was good matchups and and promised to be a good day of football and really like great great entertainment value. And I think it delivered entertainment value wise. There was certainly some controversy from the weekend, um, yeah. but entertainment value was off the charts for that championship weekend with basically six or seven hours straight of like high quality football entertainment for fans to watch. Yeah, we. I mean, this was kind of easy to predict that the four best teams had made it into the the finals here, and so we were going to get the two best games, and yeah. we really did. Um, controversy aside, the games were awesome, fun to watch, yep. really good football. Um, I think it was both 
Were they both overtime games? They were both overtime games. Two yeah, overtime is, games, I which think, is insane. I didn't. I don't have confirmation of this, but I think I probably heard somewhere it's the first time that's happened on championship weekend. I can't, I can't imagine another uh, pair of conference championship games both went to overtime. Yeah. So, and I don't want to harp on the um, the no call, the Saints. Uh, yeah. Blown I mean, Saints Rams blown pass interference. It was an obvious pass interference, but like get over it. There's a yeah. lot of missed calls. I mean that one could have won you the game, but yeah. maybe another one a quarter before could have won you the game. That's the thing. So I'm, I don't, I don't subscribe to one one play or one call changes the game just because it's at a certain time. Yeah, neither do I. I'll say, I will admit that this is the closest I could probably ever get to subscribing to that. Same. <laughs> um, same. But, this is but, this is hard to deny. <laughs> it, it it is it is because the Saints like I, I can't really deny the Saints win the game if they call that. But you know, like you said, there's a there's a million other things you could say, you know, prior possession, like a face mask on the Rams, like that wasn't called or on the saints that wasn't called all kinds of stuff, you know? And then on top of that, the saints defense and offense both had chances to win that game after that happened, you know? So I like, I think again, I'm not going to say it was the right call or that the saints didn't get screwed. Of course they did, but there's other reasons that, that, that go into that. So, yeah. um, So we'll, we'll, we won't touch too much on that because yeah. people have already forgotten about it and are thinking forward to the Super Bowl. Exactly. Which have two main storylines, and I've written them down. <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, the Patriots are still pushing the underdog storyline <laughs> really, really hard. Um, they're, they sure now, are. they're now chanting, we're still here. We're still here. Uh, and, and that, like like the whole world needed to be reminded that the Pats are still here. No, we, we totally got it. We get it. Uh, and then the Rams... Because they're kind of an amorphous, uh, no real uh, philosophy team, it's just kind of like cool, young, hip, hot L.A. team, Mm -hmm. Uh, they're focusing on the McVeigh's so young, wow, storyline. Like now (laughs) there's pictures of him. He went to like, he played against Julian Edelman in college, and everyone keeps digging up new high school photos of McVeigh, and they're like, oh, look, he's younger than, he's younger than he is now. Um, so there's two pretty boring, stupid storylines out there, in my opinion. I, what What are your thoughts on the two that I've written down? Yeah, here? so um, I, I'm pretty sure I said this in our last podcast, was that um, Tom Brady has been dying for like 16 years to play an underdog, underdog card. He's and, a dork. And he's not going to give it up. Um, now, in, in, in fairness, um, there's, one, there's one piece of fairness I should disclose here about we're still here is that that's like the Patriots marketing for the whole playoffs. You know how like the Celtics had like the we're one superstar or like uh, see us we, rise. Bleed green, like, we bleed green we bleed or whatever something. it is. So like every year it's something different. The Patriots have had like, they had like drive for five, like when they were the Falcons year. So like, so we're still here is like their social media thing. So like uh, that, that's just one little caveat is that Brady's not inventing that there, but he is chanting okay. it in front of a huge crowd. <laughs> um, yeah. And so of course he, he is, he like I actually Tony Kornheiser on PTI today made a really good comparison. Um, Love Tony because Love Tony. he he was commenting on uh, Nikel Roby Coleman. I don't know if you saw that his comments about Brady today. Um, no. Uh, oh, so the the same guy, the Saints cornerback who who had the would be pass interference. Um, you mean the Rams cornerback? Uh, sorry, sorry. So the Rams yeah. cornerback um, sounded off today about how Tom Brady has aged and it's gotten to him and he's not the same player he used to be, et cetera, et cetera. And like, I just don't know why guys don't learn to stop saying this stuff. Um, but Tony Kornheiser, basically he was like, he was like, Tom Brady is basically Michael Jordan when it comes to this. Like if you say a quote about him, he is going to, he's going to make it way more than it is. And he's going to just, it's going to be his new goal now to like prove whatever that quote was wrong, even if it was stupid and didn't matter and was irrelevant. 
and yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen here. <laughs> like, so he, like if you haven't, if you haven't learned not to feed the fire, yeah, then just don't you, say you're, anything. you're a lost cause. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so the, the reason I say that is because I, I, he's feeding into it for all of those reasons. And like, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It can come from a scrub cornerback. It can come from some media writer in like Indiana. Like it, it literally doesn't yeah. matter. Like if someone puts in front of him the, the fact that he's doubted by someone, you know, it's like people are just eating it up. Like you probably saw some of the mic'd up clips of like his teammates, like Edelman getting yeah. up in his face saying like, you're too old. Like this has become a thing. Like they, like they all took some of the doubt that came from some places and they've just internalized it and they're going to just continue to fuel themselves with it. And so we've, I agree with you. It's, it's kind of dumb, but it's like they're, that's what they're going to do for, for the rest of the week. So we've, we've created a monster that we can never kill. <laughs> yeah. Because if they feed off that underdog storyline or the like is, and they, he always has like even yeah. four or five years ago right, when right. they were one and three or one and four to start the season. Yeah. They use that as their uh, super. Bowl oh yeah, for sure. And for it sure. worked. Um, so it's always been like that. It's just frustrating that no matter how often someone says Brady's getting old, he's past his prime, it, they're never right. <laughs> like people and, will say it every year until probably twenty twenty. And eventually they're going to be right. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what these people know is that eventually they'll be right. But um, and, and so you're right though. I think it, it's it has happened actually many times. You're right in the past, but it's always been in like week four or five. You know, he's never had that opportunity in the playoffs. You know, they're like. And again, I'm not saying it's it's justified now. Like I think, um, the the Patriots were a legitimate slight slight, but a legitimate underdog against Kansas City. So I'll, like you know, they were sure. not they were not the miracle underdog. You know, like they were they were a very that's a slight. That's a underdog. technicality that Brady's really no no. no. Uh, well, well, he was doing it before the char- they were doing it before the Chargers game. You know, we were talking yeah. about that before the Chargers game. So I think um, he certainly is. You know. Like kind of, I said it before. This is the most underdog they've been at this stage in a season since like literally 2003, probably. Um, yeah. But you know that said, you know he's been hunting for this opportunity for years and years and years. So uh, you're right about that. With the Sean McVay thing, um, I think it's legitimate, but it's also it's it's we know <laughs> like like we know is it, we, we is know it part of the. Re- my my basic question is: Is it part of the reason no one's really that hot on the Rams anymore? Like I've even I've even asked some of my other friends, like, "What? Who do you want to win?" They're like, "I like the Rams, but not as much as I did at the beginning of the season." Yeah, and it's mainly because the NFL's found some selling point and hammered yeah. everyone over the head with it. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think they have now. I think um, you know, there's a certain I don't know. I have a tough time with this one because I do think it's pretty, pretty damn impressive what he's done. Um, like, like to be at that age to have worked and, you know, we talked about this with Cliff Kingsbury last week, I think, or last podcast was that Sean McVay has like actually climbed a coaching tree to get to where he is in the NFL, which is, which is kind of insane to, to be 32, 33 years old and have climbed a coaching tree and be a head coach in the Super Bowl. I admit that's kind of insane, but that's not like, that's been the story the entire season. They were the one seed most of the season. They ended up being the two seed, so they, they you know they won a road championship game. But like, this isn't some revolutionary thing that has changed since like yeah. since since a long time. Really, he's actually older than when he started. And, and like <laughs> and yeah, and most people last year when they when they lost in the playoffs, most people were like, well, the Rams are really good and they're going to be back next year and they might even go to the Super Bowl. Like people people. I remember earlier this year when they traded for Dante Fowler. I remember saying on this podcast, like, 
this sucks. Like the Rams are already the best team in the league and they got Dante Fowler. Like they're going to go to the yeah. Super Bowl. I remember saying that. Like people have known for a long time the Rams are good and that Sean McVay is a great young coach and like he's revolutionized the way they've done things in LA and like it's great. But it, you know, it's it. I I agree with you. I wish that there was some other angle that people could take about any of this, and it's kind of not really happening. So, um, so you, it, it makes for two storylines that people either aren't buying or are sick of, and that's kind of what we're what we're dealing with with entertainment storyline wise going into the game. Yeah. So if we take all of that aside, look at the actual matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on how the Pats match up with the Rams or, or vice versa? Because you're obviously a huge Pats Pats fan, Patriots yep. fan, so you probably have some better insight into this matchup because they have – have they played before? They – not this year, but they did play. Not this year? They played – was that last year? I don't – it was – the Patriots have played Jared Goff. I know that, that's all I know. I, I don't – and I think it was last year. I think they played them last year. Um, I don't – and I know they won, but I don't really remember anything about that game. Um I'll see if I can quickly get it, but um, but so the matchup with with this, so the Patriots are facing, so the Patriots won twenty six to ten, and actually, sorry, that was twenty sixteen, um, so that was a couple of years ago, so that was when Goff was a rookie, so I don't really put much stock into that, um, okay, but uh, so with this matchup, I think the Patriots' offensive line this playoffs has been outstanding against two very good defensive fronts in the uh, Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chargers mainly with their edge rusher, rushers and Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. And then the Chiefs don't really – we talked about this. The Chiefs don't have like that that all-pro like defensive end, but they led the league in sacks, and they have a very capable front seven that's disruptive. And and so the Patriots' O-line has like protected Brady flawlessly almost in the first two games. Yeah. Um, I've always said defensive lines are what will beat the Patriots. You know, you, you, get, you rush four, you get pressure on Brady, and everything changes. And this Rams D-line gets pressure up the middle – which is like very dangerous for a guy like Tom Brady. Um, you, you, if you are collapsing the pocket, not on the edge, because like you rush, you blow around the edge, and Brady will step up and like it, he'll have a field day still. If you're just pinning your ears back on the outside, um, if Aaron Donald is like manhandling the Patriots' interior lineman, it's going to be a very, very, very hard day for the Patriots. So yeah. Well, the one thing I did see, and I noticed from the past two games, because you're right, the two teams that the Pats played had great D lines. Um, was that the game plan of the Patriots was a very was adjusted to be a sort of dink and dunk offense? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I know I texted you this when we were watching it, but the Patriots run on Duncan, like they were just <laughs> literally because, and I mean that's how you beat good yeah. D line is to get the ball out real fast yeah. and to run some screens and to not let them disrupt your five step drops. Mm-hmm. So if you take less deep chances and are good enough, and then obviously James White and um, who's the other running back? Uh, well, they have White, Burkhead, and Sony Michelle has been one of the and stars Michelle, Sony yeah. Michelle are are all great out of the backfield. So yeah, um, I mean, I think you have the at least the game plan, and Belichick's one of the the better coaches, if not the best coach of all time, um, who can adjust to something yeah. like that. So yeah. I, I I agree. I think the D line is the formula to beat Brady, but. It hasn't worked yet. You're right. So, yeah. So that, I don't see that working in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So you bring up a good point. Is that? And I should have clarified this. Um, the, so the D, the D line is the key, but the D line is is really half of the key because the other half of the key is that you need a a defensive backfield that can press and let be real physical and like play man to man because that's that's what you have to pair with that defensive line pressure. You know, because yeah. if you can't do that, 
then exactly what you just said is going to happen. You know, the Patriots are going to run short routes. They're going to dink and dunk. They'll, and really the bat, the running backs are a huge key because that, that you can't really man up and press cover a running back because he's coming out of the backfield and he has so many different options. Um, so I think on that front, there's the Patriots face challenges, but I, I do still like their ability to adjust to that. I think on the other side of the ball, and I might be, I might be kind of, my judgment might be a little clouded because of the team the Patriots just faced, but I just don't see the Rams having the type of threats that the Chiefs do. I mean, yeah, I know the Rams were an excellent team all season, and they were very explosive, and they have good receivers and an, and an MVP level running back in Todd Gurley. But I just look at the I just look at the guys matchup for matchup, and I don't see it compared to the Chiefs, right? Like you've got. You know, Patrick Mahomes is significantly better than Jared Goff, at least right now, uh, with his ability to create plays and everything. Tyreek Hill against Brandon Cooks. I mean, Cooks is a good player, good receiver, but Tyreek Hill was one of the most explosive guys all season long. You know, Travis Kelsey at the tight end. The Rams don't really have a dynamic tight end. Um, It's Todd Gurley, really, in the running game that's different, and that isn't really the way the Patriots have been getting exploited. If If you think about the Chiefs game, it was Damian Williams, their, their running back, but it was on those throwback screens and like kind of out of the backfield routes down the field. I don't know if that's what Todd Gurley is best at, you know, and then they're, and and, yeah. and weirdly Gurley hasn't been getting many yeah. touches, four touches um, in the championship game, which is very surprising. I mean, yeah. they obviously whatever they're doing is working because they're in the Super Bowl, yeah. but it, I don't know if what we would have said three weeks ago is Todd Gurley is the impact player here. He's the, he's the way that the Rams will beat the Pats. Yeah. And now last week he had four touches. Yeah, it's um, true. And they, and the Rams beat the saints, one of the best teams in the NFL. So I don't know what the X factor is now. I think even like the quote unquote, good defense from the Rams mm-hmm. got a ton of points put up them, put up on them by the saints. Yeah. Um, the, the Pats are going to do their thing on offense. So I don't see Jared Goff being able to, outgun Brady and and the Pats offense. I mean, I, I don't want to pick the Pats and we can do predictions in a minute, but mm-hmm. the X factor that, that everyone's thinking about, Todd Gurley and obviously Aaron Donald, but on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't hasn't been the X factor you want him to be in the playoffs, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, and I think you had said on an earlier podcast that the Rams have maybe the two best players in the league. Or like, you know, you could make that yeah. argument or, or the best offensive and the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. You could make that a very legitimate argument for that. Now, I don't think most people would argue that Todd Gurley is like the most valuable player, the most valuable offensive player. You know, of course you would want a guy like Patrick Mahomes on your team before you would take Todd Gurley if you were redrafting the league right now. But as far as like just the talent level and like, you know, the the stats and stuff, you know, Todd Gurley is is an elite elite player offensively and he hasn't been so far in the playoffs. Um, and the, and CJ Anderson being his backup is even more mystifying because he like, yeah. like CJ Anderson looks like he hasn't been conditioning in, in months, <laughs> yeah. but, but he's, he's, he's been, eat, he's been eating so much Chick-fil-A, yeah, but he's fine. <laughs> but, but again, the thing is, is that I just don't see the out of the backfield passing game option for the Rams to threaten, you know, like, I feel like you need that against the Patriots. So, um, so I don't know, I guess, are, is it time to go to picks here? I guess, cause we've kind of talked think about the matchup. I think it's time to do predictions okay. or hot takes do you have any any final hot takes, hot takes before we do predictions hmm. i've got takes. a hot take i don't think i have a hot take but you go first and i'll see if i can think of one my hot take is overtime overtime wow i think there's gonna be overtime oh. and the f- team with the ball is gonna score and that's gonna be the straw that breaks the camel's okay. back for the nfl looking into the overtime rules again interesting to see if okay we can adjust a bit okay i i like that hot take prediction um 
so my hot take is I, my hot take here. I want to say because I I feel like you will um, have a reaction to this hot take. It's not it's not a hot take about the Super Bowl, but it's about your hot take, kind of. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I feel like that like I don't often a, resid- a residual. I don't often take. have like I don't you know this. I don't often have very hot takes. Like most of my you takes do are not. pretty down you have the middle. Such warm takes. This is one of my hottest takes. I feel like in a while. Um, wow, I'm really I nervous. I do not think there is a. I do. I think there is absolutely no problem with the NFL's overtime rules. Wow, I don't think there's any take. problem with them. So because whenever the Pats no, have the no, ball, they win. And I know that was going to be the, and a, they've the never, accusation. They've, nev- and they've never lost a coin flip I, in their I, entire I, life. I know that was going to be the accusation, and I understand that. But so I, I was doing a little bit of research, and I'll keep this brief. But so so everyone's talking about how the league is so offensive in 2018. You know, it's like the games changed, like the rules are outdated now. Um, without even mentioning the fact that for 61 years, the, it was sudden death overtime, like first team to score wins. Like, so for an extremely yeah. long time, it was sudden death. Um, they made a rule change to incentivize not kicking a field goal on your first drive. So the rule change has worked incredibly well for that, for the spirit of it, which is to score a touchdown. But yeah. what would you guess the percentage of drives in 2018 all season, the percentage of drives that ended in a touchdown, what would you guess that number is? The percentage of drives and a touchdown. So I yeah. know the reason you're saying is because it's probably <laughs> ridiculously low. Well, um, but my educated guess would be that ended in a touchdown. Eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. So the answer is twenty three. So twenty three percent of drives end in touchdowns. So seventy seven percent of defenses faced with the challenge of keeping a team out of the end zone succeed. Well, and, and I would love some, to see the, the statistics on that in the fourth quarter. I, what percentage of fourth quarter drives? So I would too. I would too. Um, and I don't have that. So I, and I couldn't find that based on the 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 data, the data yeah. that I had. But the the point is, is that I just to me, and and I know that my team's been on the the benefiting side of this a couple of times. But and I but I honestly tell myself like if the if the Patriots lose that coin toss and they cannot keep the other team out of the end zone. I am pissed at my defense. Like I'm not. I'm not sitting there complaining that my quarterback couldn't yeah. get on the field. Like, uh, you know, I, I just think this is different than people are making it out to be. That it's somehow unfair that one quarterback doesn't get a chance to do something. You know, to, yeah. I, I just think w- with something as as I don't I don't want to call it low probability, but it is certainly not a high probability of scoring a touchdown on a on an opening drive. That it's just not a high probability. The Saints got the ball first in overtime in the other game, which no one's talking about, and they lost. I, yeah. I don't. Know, I just to me, I just don't think that. I just don't think the rules need to be changed. <laughs> that's that's yeah. my. That's I my mean, hot that's take. that's a hot take because it's it's ever I, I everyone else wants it to be changed. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Um. You're you're in a minority there, but you're right. It's not broken. The rules work the way they work, and if your defense stops them, you can yeah. win the game that much easy that much like easier. So I agree. It's yeah. not broken per se, but I, I think the argument would be and, and from a neutral fan standpoint, like Patrick Mahomes not being able to touch the ball in that offense. I know I know that's not the spirit of the rule. Like mm-hmm. you it's it's yeah. it's a game for it's like you want to win first and then entertain second. But from neutral fan standpoint, not letting the one of the most prolific offenses yeah. in recent history and, and y- a young star of the NFL touch the ball in overtime is a loss for the fans. Yeah. So I should clarify too. Um, so my take is not a statement on me thinking that's not like a good entertainment choice. Like I, I think that it is for, for entertainment reasons. I definitely understand wanting to change the rule. I think my, my take is more on 
addressing the people who think it's unfair. Well, would you? How about this? Would Would you prefer the system you have right now or the college? Or the straight up college system? And so I actually thought about this because I used to be on the other side of this, but I would not. I would. I would prefer the current system to the college system for the NFL. For the NFL, and I. I used to. I flip flopped on that because I used to want the college system, but I just feel. You know, the more I look at the college system, you're now going to eliminate 75 yards of the field. You're going to just play red zone offense, red zone defense, no special teams. Yeah, I don't know. Give like me- Mike Mike Evans a jump ball, yeah. like at least yeah. once or twice per series. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting topic. I, I just uh, I don't know. But the more the more I, I hadn't thought about it too closely until all the stuff happened last weekend, and now I'm I've come around to I think that the playoff system is fine. By the way, the regular season system is awful because they they reduce it well, to 10 minutes. So that's if my if my hot take comes true and the Rams win, we'll have another. We, we will, we will. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll be mad at my defense if that happens. So all right. Um, uh, so let's move to quick predictions, and then we uh, got to move on yeah, to sure. the next sports topic. Um, I'll go with the Patriots, uh, not in overtime, but still a one possession game because that's inevitable in a Patriots Super Bowl. It'll be thirty to twenty four. Wow, uh, that's close to mine. Except a six point swing in the other direction. I'm going to say Rams. 36 Patriots 30 so 36-30 overtime so assuming you Rams don't have touchdown. to you don't, you don't you don't you don't have to kick the field goal no you don't that, 36 Rams Rams in overtime Derek eat it alright alright so we'll <laughs> see what happens Patriots Rams uh, 6-30 on uh, Sunday night so uh, anything else on that before we move it on to big topic number two that's it we'll have a um, commercial breakdown as the podcast uh, after after the game yes for sure um so Best commercials. yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, although I, I, I've said this before, I always if it's a close game, I will not be. My brain won't be able to pay attention to commercials. I've told you that before. So I'll watch them. Stupid. I'll watch them afterwards. Um, big topic number two is in the NBA today. The uh, news broke on Monday, which is we're recording this Monday night. Uh, Anthony Davis has requested a trade from the New Orleans Pelicans. We this is the highest profile of all these cases, but. Nonetheless, this is yet another installment of Player X dictating his future in the NBA. Um, we talk about this all the time. It usually ends in something crazy that nobody expected. If you were looking back on that, which we can talk about, what's your initial reaction uh, to this to this news? My initial reaction is that uh, the city of New Orleans is having a tough <laughs> week. <laughs> they sure are. <laughs> they really are, and I feel bad because um, Anthony Davis. I mean. This is the problem with the league right now is that if you're not a superstar who can win on your own with bad players like the the level like LeBron level or even yeah. I mean Kevin Durant level or James Harden level yeah you you can't be it's not sustainable in mid markets so Anthony Davis is an all star he is he's an MVP candidate he's one of the best basketball players in the game right now barely makes makes the playoffs. Um, how long has he been there? Five, six years? I think this is his sixth year, yeah, I think, yeah. Sixth year, has no one around him. Um, so it's understandable why he would want to, quote, and quote, said, wants to play for a team and wants a chance at championships, which is yeah, fine. A chance at championships. <laughs> like, yeah. So he's, but, he's concluding he doesn't even have a chance in New Orleans. Correct. Which is, sta- which is a statement on the league. Which is incredible because it eliminates 75% of the league, if yeah. not more. Yeah. That means that Anthony Davis will go to one of four or five teams tops. Yeah, may I mean maybe you can add, you can add like ten teams if you're being generous, but there is such terrible disparity or uh, parity among the teams here, and the players know it, the fans know it, the league knows it, and there's nothing they can really do about it. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating as uh, and I've 
harped on this a bunch. Like I'm an Orlando Magic fan. We're having a phenomenal year by Magic standards. Yeah. We are almost 500. We were up 15 points against the Rockets last night and lost. Um, we're playing good basketball and have zero, I repeat, zero percent chance of yeah. ma- of winning a the championship or even making the playoffs just because of how yeah. desperate you need a super superstar in this league. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like, so the league has already taken measures to try to fix this. They they implement the uh, rules about keeping your own guys. Like Anthony Davis is in, was in line to get a five year, like two hundred forty million dollar extension. That's way more than any, yeah. any other team can give him. And he says, it's not, I don't want money, I want to win. And it's like they implement this designated player exception, which he is under a current contract of that, where you can, after the rookie deal is over, you can go over the cap to sign your guy, or you can give him a higher percentage of the cap based on him achieving some accolades or whatever. And, you know, he signed that. He stayed in, so that kept him in New Orleans for his second contract. But before long, it, it runs out again. Another thing that I'll, that I think ties into this, if you, if you want to, dive even even deeper for where some of the NBA's policies are not working to keep players here. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins turned down an extension with New Orleans. You know, I mean, he's come back and he's looked very good for the, for the Warriors the last few games. And now the Warriors are just a five man all-star team while the Pelicans, you know, should have been able to keep under a normal sports world. They should have kept DeMarcus Cousins, right? He's coming off an Achilles injury and they offered him $80 million off a torn Achilles. Like how did he say no to that? But he did to go take $5 million to play for the Warriors. So I think that stuff like that, and we, and I remember we us talking about that when that happened. It's like, why are they able to get boogie? It, it doesn't make sense. So I think stuff like that happens all the time. And now here's another case of Anthony Davis. Really, we're not at the point yet where he's dictated it completely, but all it's going to take is one text. One text, yeah. one text from Anthony Davis's agent that says Anthony Davis is going to go to the Lakers when he's a free agent. If that text comes from his agent, then... It'll be just very similar to the Paul George situation in that he will have screwed his team completely. Like yeah. if that text happens, the Celtics are no longer offering a King's ransom this off season. The, the, whoever else, the Sixers, the, uh, who, whatever other teams want to try to get him, the Knicks, nobody is offering a King's ransom anymore. If, if that text comes out and therefore the Lakers won't even offer a ransom either. And the Pelicans are going to have no choices. So my question is, uh, and I'm sure it's almost impossible to avoid, but does a does does Anthony Davis have to say at some point this year that he's going to stay or not stay? Like, how, why is it so difficult for these superstars to just not just say like I'm still thinking it over, like I love this city, but I have to look at all my options, blah blah blah. So he, like, re, like in recent memory, all these big stars for for mid level teams are years in advance saying they're not going to play for the team they're playing for. It's yeah. crazy, and so. It, there, there's two sides to it because so the answer is yes. Anthony Davis could have said nothing this year. He isn't under no he's he's under contract through next year. So yeah. this this is similar to the Paul George situation, not similar to like a LeBron James situation or any of those times when a guy or Kevin Durant like when a guy walked away. He's yeah. not at the walk away point yet. He's got an entire additional year on his contract. The what he will tell you and what his agent will tell you, and and I can't I can't totally dispute this is that they are, are doing the Pelicans a favor by telling them early. Yeah, and, but and that's such a cop-out. So I, I will say that it, that works as long as, like I just said, the next text doesn't come out. <laughs> the, the, the next thing cannot come out about where he wants to go. That It just can't, or else you're doing them not a favor at all. You're doing them an enormous disservice if that yeah. comes out. 
Um, honestly, really, it shouldn't come out at all. It should be behind closed doors. I still am baffled by the fact that it never stays behind closed doors. That that he tells the team, I want it, he's going to leave, but we won't tell the public. Like you should try to trade him. I can't believe that never stays between them. But like it just doesn't. Yeah. So, um, so assuming that they will allow this trade to happen, which they they kind of have to now. They he's he's tied New Orleans hands, and they have to look for a suitor now. The two suitors that have been talked about are um, the obvious ones, the Celtics and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celtics, uh, I'll let you talk about, but I feel like they have way more to offer. Um, not that they will offer the pieces that they have, but um, and the Lakers, that's just um, a long-term dream thing that people have been talking about for since LeBron moved over there, that who's going to go play with LeBron? Right. It's, it's going right. to be another superstar, whether it's whether it was Paul George or whether it's, Anthony Davis or whoever makes the next leap over there, but someone's going mm-hmm. to the Lakers. Right. So who do you? So out of those two teams, or if there's any third team that you suspect, yeah. let me know. But what are your thoughts on the Celtics or the Lakers? So, so first of all, I do think it'll be the Celtics or the Lakers. Um, but so okay. I want to break this down just a little bit first. So I don't know how much you follow this or the details of it. Are you are you aware about the the fact that the Celtics can't trade for him this season? Are you aware of that? I am not aware of that. So, I don't know why. So, right. So this is this is one of the dumbest things you will find in the NBA's CBA. <laughs> I have no I I have thought for a long time about why this could possibly exist. I don't know. So so earlier <laughs> I told you about the the policy that is in place where if a rookie or, or if a player on his rookie contract exceeds certain accolades, then the team can give him a higher percentage of the cap than normally you're allowed to for his second contract. Basically, it's called the designated player uh, something, whatever they, they call it, the Rose Rule. It's named after Derrick Rose because he was the first player that they put it in place for, where he won an MVP in like his sec- rookie or second year or something. So okay. Anthony Davis signed one of those contracts as his second contract. It's the current contract he's on. Kyrie Irving also signed a contract of that nature for the Cavaliers. Um, you can have up to two designated contract players on your roster. So Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis could be on the same team, both being designated players. However, you cannot trade for two of them. If you trade for one player on a designated contract, you cannot trade for a second one. So, <laughs> so the Celtics are not allowed to trade for Anthony Davis unless they trade. They trade him because they traded for Kyrie. unless they trade Kyrie Irving for him. So, and and that's not going to happen for a number of reasons. New Orleans doesn't want Kyrie Irving; he wouldn't sign there. So, um, so the Celtics can't trade for him this season. So. The, the quick breakdown of this that if really if you want the spark notes of what to look for in this situation, if the Lakers don't get a deal done with the Pelicans by the trade deadline, it's a huge loss for the Lakers because the Celtics are locked out of the room right now. The Celtics can they can call the Pelicans and tell them what they might offer in the summer, but the Celtics cannot trade for him. So hmm. a lot of people think that now going back to this thing about why does this come out and everything, you know, a lot of people think the agent releasing this now is basically setting the stage for the Lakers. Like, here's your chance to get him because the Celtics can't, yeah. can't Celtics can't get him. And the thing is, for the agent and for Anthony Davis, this puts a lot of social pressure oh, yeah. on them, especially if there's a year and a half to go. Dude, yeah. Like, if you release this now, then not only... And, and people like you understand the nuances, but the, the general fan is like, they got to do it. They got to move him. Where's yeah. he going? <laughs> yeah. And so the, so the Lakers start feeling the pressure from their fan base, especially given that they're not performing at the highest levels, they start feeling, uh, I think it's a, it, it makes sense, unfortunately, from the aid from Anthony Davis's point of view, why mm-hmm. he would want to do this. Yeah. It's bad for the league, but it, it, you're right. I think well, the Lakers are, 
are are in a the driver's seat and kind of the the ball's in their court right now. Like the, yeah. it's either Lakers trade for them or all hell breaks loose in yeah. a couple months. One, one note I'll say that's funny. I think when when we say it's bad for the league, I, I think it's bad for the league in a lot of ways that we're talking about. But it is kind of hilarious how it's very good for the league in one way, which is that this is this is Super Bowl week. <laughs> you know, the next yeah. the next eight or nine days is Super Bowl week, and now leading up to the February seventh trade deadline, which is next Thursday. Uh, which, by the way, as as only a storybook would write it, the Celtics and Lakers play on the night of February seventh, which is the trade deadline. Um, so, so that'll be an interesting uh, side plot to that. But, um, so, so I, I wanted to say one more thing about this. Cause like I said, I think it's Celtics Lakers and I just explained the whole thing about the Lakers having the pressure, um, a couple weeks ago or a month ago, maybe you might've seen, did you see the LeBron James comment about Anthony Davis? Um, uh, I heard about this, some it. of the stuff in the it. weeds, you know, he said, uh, it's just, you know, really nothing, but he said it would be amazing if Anthony Davis, if the Lakers acquired Anthony Davis, he said it'd be amazing. And everybody started yeah. shouting tampering and whatever. Oh, like, oh, tampering. But, yeah. but so, but I, I find the reason I bring it up is because I find it interesting. I want to read you a, a, a snippet of the Pelicans official statement today. Um, the Pelicans said, quote, although we're disappointed in this decision, our organization's top priority is to bring an NBA championship to our city and fans and build our team for long-term success. Relative to the specific talks of a trade, we will do this on our terms and our timeline one that makes the most sense for our team, and it will not be dictated by those outside of our organization. We have also requested the league to strictly enforce the tampering rules associated with this transaction. That's an official statement from the New Orleans Pelicans. So there's a lot of interesting levels to this because a statement like that comes out, and I'm like, are the Pelicans now going to have their head held over a barrel and trade him to the Lakers like this week? Because it doesn't doesn't sound like they are, you know? Um, the, the Pelicans probably have their eyes on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and six first round picks that they can get if they wait or they could get if they wait until the off season. So yeah. this is going to be really interesting to see if they cave to what Anthony Davis has said or not. Um, and then again, the whole part of Anthony Davis can still screw them if he says that he wants to go to the Lakers and he's going to do that no matter what. So there's interesting levels to this, but, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. It's, it's pretty, pretty wild. So interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Well, we'll keep you updated um, as this develops. But, of course, Super Bowl's first, and then um, I'm sure we'll get a lot more um, hot takes and a lot more uh, gossip of revolving yeah. this uh, as soon as... as soon as soon um, Yeah, post-Super Bowl, this will be driving. making some moves. Yeah, yeah. this will be d- dominating the talk. So, um, Anything else on sports? That's it for sports. All a lot right. of sports. A lot so of sports. Cruise through yeah, pop culture. for sure we will. So that brings us into the second half with this pop culture. All right, so pop culture, a couple quick ones. Uh, first one is is important though because uh, we haven't had um, a Sunday night HBO show in a long time, and we talked last week a little bit about Game of Thrones coming back. Um, but True Detective has returned, which we didn't really talk much about last podcast, I don't think, because it had probably just come out or maybe one episode. Um, but True Detective has now aired four episodes. And I guess we, you know, there's not really a lot of spoiler aspects of this show, I don't think. No, it's not like. Not yet. Um, but so what are your thoughts on True Detective through four episodes? Through four episodes, I want to say True Detective is back. Yeah. Um, we have, we've had a roller coaster of emotions for the first two seasons for True Detective. First season was amazing. We loved it. Second season, didn't love, kind of very confusing, bad acting, just 
all over the board. Yeah, real bad second so thi- season. So this was a very important season for True Detective, a, a show that people really want to love. Yep. Um, it's it gets the the idea is great. It's like a gritty, uh, um, in a in a vacuum detective. Uh, I don't know what 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 are, what are we calling it? Like a drama, it's, a detective. Yeah, drama? It's a, yeah, detective drama is probably a good way to put it. Um, yeah. Anyway, through four episodes, uh, I think the uh, casting of Mahershala Ali as the main character is spectacular. Yeah, I agree. Um, it goes through three separate storylines or three te- three separate um, timelines. Timelines. So when he's young, when he's middle aged, and when he's an old person, um, and they're doing a. V- and, and I usually hate that kind of stuff. I don't know how you feel about it, but it, they're doing it very, very tastefully, and it yeah. it, it blends really well. So I, I'm not as upset by it. Um, I've got some review style thoughts but i want to hear your initial thoughts yeah so first. Uh, mostly what you said i agree with I, I like their i like the way they're executing the timelines um there have been maybe one or two moments when i briefly was confused about what timeline it was but usually but they're doing a pretty good job of making it clear um for the most gotta go the right for part. his haircut gotta go right, right, for, his, his right haircut. for his haircut there was the, the, the actually really the one scene that i'm remembering that i was tripped up for a moment was when he and his 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 uh and the woman are at dinner and I was thinking it was in the middle timeline for like the first couple minutes of that, and then yeah, and then I was like, wait, no, 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 this is their, this is like the first time they're going to dinner. So, yeah, um, there's a couple moments like that, but you, but you look at the hair, it's different, and then obviously the older timeline is is very apparent. But, um, excellently cast, I think you're right about that. Um, I even like the other detective. I don't know yeah, what who, what actor. I, it is, I forget his name. Really, he's really good. Too. I forget his name, but uh, he's he's also very good. You're right. Um. And they both have that same vibe of like the McConaughey, like grittiness, you know, from season yeah. one. And, and that's what you're looking for. Um, kind of mysterious. Yep. Yep. And there's definitely secrets behind them eyes. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, the, the, the one thing that, and again, we haven't had a Sunday night HBO drama in a long time. And the one thing that immediately hit me when I sat down and watched episode one of this season was just the production quality. Like I, I don't watch any shows yeah. that are this production quality. Like you, the very opening scene of the of season of episode one, um, he's like at a briefing table, and it is so dead silent besides like the audio of their voices, which is so low and mumbly all the time, you know. Yeah. And it's like you can literally hear like like the his gulp between like sentences, like that. It's that type of like gripping, detailed audio and video production. That's like I just. Uh, it, it's extremely, extremely high production quality. Yeah. And that's what I that missed. That's stuff, what I missed the most. That kind of stuff gets you going. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree. I think it's, it's super well done. Um, four episodes in. So I think we were probably saying the same thing about season two. Um, and then it kind true. of all fell apart true. towards the end. There was just no coherent storyline. Um, yeah, true. That being said, I've got a good feeling about this one. I'm excited to see where it's going. If you haven't started it, highly recommend watching it. Yep. It's very addictive. Um, I'm I'm all in. I, I I'm excited for True Detective to be back, and I'm excited for this to kind of be a staple in the HBO lineup. Me too. A, a new series every every year yeah. or something like that. Every other year. Absolutely, and they're and they're doing it well with like it's clearly the same series, the same yeah same series, but like the seasons are independent, and they've 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 come, they've overcome those doubts from the beginning of like can you guys yeah. do this separately every season? And they are, and I think that's the right move. So so there you go, True Detective. And I, I, I like that this year, the there's no real drama between the partners. Yeah, I know that yeah, yeah. That's kind of like a driving storyline for a lot of these kind of things. Like, oh, the people who are supposed to be getting along aren't getting along. Uh, but the partner, the the 
the two detectives in this one seem to be working through whatever their issues are together mm-hmm. very well. So you don't have to deal with that like tired storyline no of like, annoying oh. recurring character yeah. problems that yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Um, so highly recommend. I'm yeah, into it. Absolutely. Me too. Um, so there's True Detective. Uh, next topic, Chick-fil-A will still not be open on Super Bowl Sunday inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Can you can you clarify if this means exactly what I think it means? This means word for word that <laughs> even though they have, I mean, it's it's a well-known fact that, that Chick-fil-A yeah. is closed on Sundays right. and that the human body craves Chick-fil-A on Sundays more than any other day because it's closed. Correct. Um, so even though... They're going to be, I think there's a couple within the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium in Atlanta where the Super Bowl is being hosted. Yep. Even though there's huge opportunity to make a ton of cash, they will still not open on Super Bowl Sunday inside the stadium. That's crazy. Um, it's crazy. It's it, it's bold. It's it, it's definitely, like, people are going to be walking around in the Super Bowl, and they're going to have to walk around closed Chick-fil-A's to get now, food. I know that it, I know that more things happen at Mercedes-Benz Stadium than Atlanta Falcons football games, but why would Chick Fil A be in an NFL football stadium? That's a good point. Like the the majority of of what's happening there is on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So think the only thing is this is going to be huge advertisement for them. True. Like, that's they're true. already being talked about. It's like why would they close? It's crazy. This is like insane. They're, they've always been closed on Sundays, but why not open this Sunday? And then people in they're the stadium all, yeah. are going to. They're going to be going crazy when they see a closed Chick-fil-A inside the stadium on Super Bowl Well, Sunday. also the people, people for the week are probably going to all go on Saturday. <laughs> They're all going to go to Chick-fil-A on Saturday. They better. You know, the people who are staying there for the week or whatever, like, they're definitely going to go to Chick-fil-A now at some point, you know, you would think. So, if you... See, it's hard for me to to comment on because it's a, it's a, it's a religious thing. It's like a value yeah. that, that the owners of Chick-fil-A subscribe to, which is don't work on Sundays. We never have, never will. Right. And they are not bending. Yeah. So I kind of respect <laughs> it, but it's just, it's also kind of ludicrous. Yeah. That this is probably the biggest event in Mercedes, probably will be the biggest event that ever happens in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. Ever. Until, yeah, until the next Super Bowl. Until they, the they next host. Super Bowl. Yeah. So, and Chick-fil-A is not going to even That's wild. consider opening up. Yeah. <laughs> That is insane. So yeah, I, I don't really have, I don't really know what I think. I, I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm in the middle of thinking of respecting that move and also thinking that it's kind of insane to do that. So I want Chick Fil A right now. Me, so me too, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, and last, last but not least, um, I'll do a quick yep. cozy book corner. Um, and so this iteration of Cozy Book Corner, I reviewed, um, I read a book called Dune. It's kind of like a sci-fi classic. You said you'd never heard of no, it? No, I've never heard of it. Okay. Well, it's a it's a science fiction classic. Um, it's giant. It's like a thousand pages. Um, 30 pages, Derek. I'm not even kidding you. I counted them out. 30 pages of a glossary. Wow. That means there's wow. 30 pages of words that aren't real human words. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> they're like they're like alien planet words. So so the, the general story is like the it's like planetary. There's this desert planet, and there's all this politics and e- economics and they're fighting over this spice, which is basically a drug and blah 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 blah. It's a thousand pages <laughs> of of politics. Um 
but he builds this world and it's it's kind of a classic because uh it it started this world genre like you build a world and even though the story's not very good you have this whole universe to play in right kind of like right. lord of the rings even though the story there is really good but you can like go down family lineages and you can like like learn about different planets just in this fictional world right um have you seen hoosiers yes the movie? a long time ago but yes so hoosiers is kind of reminds me of this book where at it kind of opened the door for a lot of better things, yeah, but yeah. wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Like it kind of created this genre, this huge um, universal science fiction genre, almost like Star Wars esque. Mm-hmm. Um, but the storyline is just not that good, huh. and it, I was literally flipping back to a glossary every thirty seconds, <laughs> over a thousand page book. Yikes. So, um, it's impressive, but it's just exhausting. too much. Yeah. So too much. So I give Dune. 59% Steve Nicholas avocados. Ooh, okay. Um, worth reading if you've been wanting to read it because it's if you're into science fiction and you've heard about it and you've you you know it from pop culture references and whatnot but um, as just a casual Sunday read <laughs> don't do it. Don't don't do it. All right. Um, so yeah. Dune, not rotten, but definitely far from certified. Not certified guac. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do not read it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good one. Thanks. Um, all right. Brings us to the final drive. You want to go first or you want to go second? I want to go second. Derek. All right. I'll go first. Um, similar to a couple of the last ones, we both have similar style of, la- of final drives here. Uh, mine is going to be a review of a show on Amazon Prime Video, an Amazon original, Jack Ryan. I think we might have briefly talked about this in a prior podcast, but I couldn't really remember for sure. Um, mm-hmm. One season is out. Jack Ryan, I think it's based on the Tom Clancy's, you know, story or something. I don't really know any of the origins of the, of the story. I know they've made a movie at some point. Like there's a lot of storylines about it, but, um, the show is very good. Uh, if you are into the shows like Homeland or 24, or, you know, uh, the shows, the counterterrorism type of shows, uh, this is a very gripping and, uh, kind of heart racing type of show where, you know, it's constant action of trying to, figure out the threats and be able to identify them and stop them from happening. Uh, Jack Ryan, the main character is Jim from the office. So it takes a little getting used to if you haven't, if you haven't watched him in a non office role before uh, it takes some getting used to because it is a very different role. He's very serious. He's not, not really funny uh, in many cases. Uh, Occasionally he is, but, uh, but he does an outstanding job acting it. He is a Boston college grad in the movie. uh, Sorry, in the show. Um, Boston College makes multiple references in season one. Um, really? Yeah. So he the uh, he cool. sits down with a discussion with like one of the higher ups in like the CIA or something, and the guy asks him where he went to school, and he says Boston College. Uh, and then later, um, do they swoon? Uh, no. Yes. Not no. really. No. <laughs> They're not impressed. <laughs> uh, well, a little bit. I mean, he didn't seem unimpressed. But uh, and then later, later in the season, a girl that he's with is wearing one of his Boston College sweatshirts. That's like an actual visual uh, advertisement in the show. So Let's go. Um, so definitely some good press for BC there. But uh, nonetheless, very good season one, I would say. Uh, I hope they can – I think they'll be continuing it with season two. But season one is in the books. Uh, I highly recommend. I would. I don't want to overstep on season one. Just It's got a lot of promise, so I'll give it 85 uh, Derek Dragon Fruits. So. Wow. Season one alone is certified Pattaya Colada, but like I can't certify like the whole – series yet because how many seasons are there? i don't well, there's just one right now so only one's been released oh. so for season one i'll give it 85 and i'll give it an exception to say it's certified but it's it's still pending so cool there you go. pending final <laughs> review um 
So I am going on a similar note. I'm going to do a quick uh, final drive on The Ozarks. Um, it's a Netflix original with uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, it's a money laundering uh, fictional show. Um, it's really, really dark. So if you're looking for the episodes are an hour long, it's it reminds me kind of like Breaking Bad. Um, so really okay. dark, really smart. Um, you learn a lot about money laundering. Uh, it's very very entertaining. The thing is, it's just kind of a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those shows where every single episode, someone almost kills the main characters, and they just get away with it just by the skin of their teeth. <laughs> um, and it every. But not even like in a coherent storyline. It just every single episode, they almost die, <laughs> <laughs> and they get away with it every single time. <laughs> um, so I get it. it. It makes for very entertaining episodes, but not a very uh, coherent plot line okay. over the course of a season. Uh, that being said, it's entertaining. I, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm in the middle of the second season right now. Um, if you're looking for a new dark, uh, gritty TV show. You could go. You could do worse than Ozarks. Um, it's kind of snarky. Jason Bateman is very well cast. He's actually really good at this. Okay. Um, he's he's not funny at all. He's very. He's like a very dry, like accountant. So he he doesn't really get affected by the emotional parts of all this crap. He mm-hmm. just kind of plugs and chugs this this criminal mastermind lo- money laundering operation. Um, but. Overall, I'd say it's worth a watch if you've considered it. Um, it's probably not the best series out there, but it, it'll do the trick if you're looking for two seasons of a new dark Breaking Bad-esque show. All right. Um, so Ozarks, I'm going to give 75% Steve Nicholas avocados. Okay. Um, I haven't finished season two, so maybe that goes up, maybe that goes down, but uh, season and a half, pretty good. And, and you can cruise right through the episodes. They're not super difficult to to binge watch right, so right. 70 75% Steve Nicholas cool sounds good so that's it sounds good that's it for 122 it was a long one but it was uh, it was a good good conversation I think good, a long one big, but a good, good one topic so uh, when we come back the there, there'll be a Super Bowl winner that we'll talk about and maybe Anthony Davis will have a new home so lots of stuff nice we'll be topics. talking about in episode 123 but for 122 that's all we got later days <laughs>